You're listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature. Hi, this is Father Mark Bulos, and you are listening to Tarazi Tuesdays with the Bible as Literature podcast. This week, Father Paul unpacks the power of the grammatically plural noun Elohim, explaining how it functions to supplant all other deities in the Bible. I am happy to introduce Father Paul on the Bible as Literature podcast, Tarazi Tuesdays. Hearing really slash realistically a given text is to hear it through the ears of the original addressee and thus within the parameters of that addressee's world especially when it is different than ours and I'm referring to the factually speaking rampant polytheism of the times like technically today, at least in Western culture, you know, it's monotheism. God, oh, there is one God. Already, that's a far cry from what you had in those times. Remember the famous story that is taught at the seminaries that the Romans called the Christians atheist because they did not acknowledge the gods so even even the term the original meaning of atheist is not anymore in our modern language atheists are the people who don't believe in the one god so let me say this example to you my hearers when you hear and say atheist the understanding is different as when it was used in those times if this example doesn't convince you then I cannot do anything about you just keep saying whatever you want to say from my perspective you don't want to learn this is what it means If one follows the classical Christian theological tenet that there is, if not cannot be but, one God, and thus the other so-called deities do not actually and factually exist, then how would a modern hearer put up with the endless passages that exude at every turn of Yahweh's battling and yelling at Baal? check with Richard Benton and his Hosea chapter 2. How is it possible? Like when you keep talking about Baal and you tell me there is no Baal, it's just people believe in something that doesn't exist. All I'm saying, it doesn't make sense in the text. That's all I'm saying. So polytheism is assumed in the text 
which by the way is more natural okay you have a god for each area of I mean uh, but then my take on Elohim is that purposely it was pluralized on two levels right from the beginning your first encounter with the scriptural deity let's call it this way is Elohim and 35 times in 34 verses and then in the majority if you open Lisovsky under Elohim and El and Eloah and Ha Elohim by far the majority it is Elohim which means it is the main word to speak in the Bible about him and in my purview my conclusion that it was meant purposely and purposefully to eliminate functionally all the deities of the pantheon notice how Baal has to submit to his father El with the help of his sister Anat meaning that the basic story of Baal in his accession to becoming a deity you have already two other deities involved otherwise there would not be a story of Baal that's famous in the Ogaritic literature but in scripture Yahweh who is described Baalically in Hosea chapter 2 is himself the scriptural El as we shall see momentarily in Genesis 2-3 so notice in the Bible you have first Elohim Yahweh comes second secondarily textually speaking to Elohim but in his first presentation he is Elohim so when this Yahweh is battling Baal in Hosea chapter 2 you the hearer have this knowledge of what Yahweh is and how ultimately Baal is no reference but otherwise he's telling the people it is not Baal that's sending you the figs I'm sending you the figs but the other person can say the opposite and you end up battling hence the importance of Elohim and my solution which I said just a few minutes ago that it is intended that he that character plays functionally the function of all the deities let me explain myself and this is something very hard people think that monotheism is really very logical that's, uh, that's stupid philosophy I mean in the yellow pages if you have a leak in your bathroom you go under plumbers 
If you have a stomach ache, you go under gastrologists. If you need a lawyer, you go under lawyers. In other words, it's not that one is better than the other. Why did you call the plumber when I called the lawyer? It's because of what your need is all about. Now, what the Bible did, according to me, not through introducing the one God only, because I told you there are other gods in the Bible. But his name being plural forces you to understand that when you're dealing with him, it is as though you are dealing with all the other gods, all or as though your neighbor who still has his Elim, his Elohim, is dealing with his gods. Meaning, you have a plumbing problem, there is only one Elohim, which is oxymoronic in English, but this is how it sounds in Hebrew. You have one Elohim in the plural. And thus, the whole thing is functional, and unless the people really digest what I mean by functionality, you're not hearing not only the Bible, you're not hearing any text, even in English, speaking to you, because you begin with assumptions. Now, I have a historical instance, which I quote all the time, very important. Augustine, who is no dummy, was a bishop in North Africa, and who was a pastor, like Chrysostom, I like both for this, and he would be preaching. Most of his people were fishermen, you know, they go out. Notice how he's telling them. Now, people are amazed today, how could he speak like this? He's contradicting himself. He tells them, now that I hammered time and again to you that there is one God when you are out in the sea, in the open sea and there is a wind and waves are all over you do not appeal to Neptune why would he say that? it's because these people are living in a world where the sea is associated with Poseidon or Neptune in as simple as that. People tell me, yeah, but it's not the same thing. It is. When you have a leak in your house, you still call the plumber. You may pray unto God, you can call upon him to use the old English but you don't call him because you know better so the statement of Augustine is very powerful because he's telling them I'm teaching you what scripture is saying and notice how de facto He's not eliminating the existence, let alone the other gods. So is Neptune real? By all means. 
or let me use my terminology, is he factual by all means, but Augustine doesn't want you to make him real in the sense of functional in your life. <laughs> Meaning, whatever Neptune thinks of you should not matter with you, whether the plumber tells you that you're a good person or not, it's of no import. That, I believe, is what was behind the choice of Elohim. And notice, my hearers, how this fits with the teaching of the rest of Scripture. And this is my most important point. That this is what the Scripture is inculcating to you. Notice later when God will appear on Horeb and say, you shall not have any other gods in my presence. People eliminate that usually. In other words, if you're coming to meet me, make sure that the others are not around, meaning not also within your presuppositions the way you hearers handle the word God in Genesis. When you're not in my presence, people ask me, so what should you do? Do as you please. But remember that the Bible teaches you something else, that you are always in God's presence. That's the famous Hebrew before. Before in Hebrew is to the face of or to the eyes of and thus technically in the presence that's why the Septuagint has the two translations but again were it not for the original I would not have made these assertions for my hearers of this they sound theological God forgive you I can't hold you responsible for that because you are still theological in your mind. I'm trying to de-theologize you. And I'm trying to say that in Scripture, you are always before God. And you better act in a way that his face, his panim, and we'll talk about that, would be towards you always as a countenance panim and not suddenly be transformed into a nose and off fuming against you. Oh, really, the Bible uses uh, uh, mythological, polytheistic terminology. My dear friend, I just told you a few minutes ago, it could not have been written otherwise because it was written in those times. So imagine now the effort the super effort done by the writers to inculcate this new teaching which is against Greece and its pantheon and in my book I said against their own pantheon because it was the same thing and that is why my stress on that this scriptural God is not before scripture it is communicated to you through a text and that is something extremely important this is how 
it was handed to you the famous statement of the book of the law. The Bible as Literature is a production of the Ephesus School Network.